the Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. did that. Apprentice Morelli, you are a dark horse. Anyway, anyway, time to settle down everyone. Let's get on to what happened to the uh, Skaven that emerged from the tunnels that went under the great ocean from the deserts of Araby all the way to the depths of Lustria. Shall we? <laughs> yeah, please. Right, well, the undercrossing took the Skaven clan over 20 years, and during these years, they replenished their numbers after having suffered massive losses at the hands of the desert tribes of the Tuareg. They eventually emerged from the deep on Gehemisnacht, exactly 1,399 years before the start of the imperial calendar, at least by uh, my calculations. And uh, they appeared under a ruined temple city called Quetza, deep in the heart of Lustria. The Skaven managed to penetrate the sprawling network of caverns that lay beneath the temple city. These caves were resplendent with gleaming stalagmites that stretched up to steadily dripping stalactites high above. Formerly, it had been here that the city's slam mage priests had come to contemplate the nature of the universe before the city was abandoned, that is. The Skaven must have gained entrance into Ketz's caverns by digging their way up from the subterranean tunnels they had used to cross the great ocean that were, no doubt, even deeper in the world's crust. Although the Skaven race had quickly grown accustomed to the insect-filled swamps that filled the gaping moor where the city of Kazvar had once stood, the entirely new strains of deadly, tropical diseases found in Lustria devastated the invaders leaving the uh, somewhat inbred clan with only a few hundred survivors, each ravaged by infection upon infection, and their minds racked with insane visions. At this point of utter hopelessness from within the ranks of the feverish, half-maddened ratman, a prophet arose. A figure who had had an epiphany and claimed to hold the key to their salvation. A skaven known as... Lord Nerglich. I suppose this turn of events is not surprising. In times of strife, these kind of crazed, power-hungry leaders always come to the fore, be they Skaven or human. And it is the measure of a population's worth as to whether they show weakness and embrace the leader's false succour, or remain strong and reject their lies. However, I think you know in which direction the Ratmen went. The Skaven wholeheartedly dedicated their lives to the words of Lord Nerglich, herald of the Great Horn Rat in his aspect as the Great Corrupter. 
Their prophet taught them that if they hearken and obey his words, then they would be spared. This they did in droves, with the non-believers being dubbed as race traitors and murdered and eaten. Now, with a fanatical maniple of true believers at his hide, the newly daubed plague monks in his church of contagion, Lord Nerglitch ordered all the surviving Skaven to scour the jungle for victims to sacrifice to appease the hunger of the great horned rat, thereby strengthening him so that he could strengthen his followers in return by making them resistant to the diseases that were killing them. The underlying premise seemed to be that if the believers reveled in the very diseases that were plaguing them, they would be saved and reborn tougher and more resilient. That which does not kill you makes you stronger. And this fetid beginning was the origin of the vile clan pestilence. Granted immunity to the plagues that spread through the jungles, in addition to having the power to create new ones by their dark god, the horned rat, they were unstoppable. Lord Nerglich, a name that would become the traditional name for the mightiest of the plague lords, was now determined to wield his new army like a poisoned blade and conquer all of Lustria. Yeah, yeah, and most foul they are too. We encountered many of their breed in the dungeons below the ruined manse of Van Hielen when we assassinated the Grace Clankerclaw Darkheart. But, Master Tavernkeeper, I have a small question. How did you come by the knowledge of this clan's iniquitous beginnings? The Skaven are not renowned for their meticulous bookkeeping. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But herein lies another peculiarity of clan pestilence. Not only are they tougher than your average rat, but they also have a twisted penchant for writing things down. Their plague priests employ a twisted script to record the arcane secrets that they uncover turning common scrolls and books into foul, magical artefacts in and of themselves. The Skaven of the lower orders, too, are made to write out the tenets of their beliefs and record and memorise hymns that glorify both their past and their leaders. It is not unusual to find even the lowliest plague aspirant in possession of various scrolls and books. The more experienced plague monks known as a bringers of the word by some. Educate, I suppose is the word, the novitiates beneath them in their faith and teach them its intricacies and history, which each must memorise and pass on. Many write this knowledge down and cherish the words as we would holy relics. From the scrolls and notebooks found on the bodies of killed ratmen, a number of skaven hunters and scholars have managed to patch together a potted but fairly insightful history of this particular clan. Most of this work was conducted during the reign of Emperor Mandred von Zelt, the Rat Slayer, with Stefan Paulus Adelhoff, the famed scholar of Wolfenberg, being the field leader. Adelhoff was a most fascinating character. He was a descendant of Wolfgart Krieger, who was appointed by Sigmar himself to defend the nascent empire against the dangers of dark magic. And Wolfgott founded the Order of the Silver Hammer 
more commonly known as the uh, witch hunters, in order to achieve this very end. Alas, a majority of Adelhoff's volumes are proscribed in the Empire now, with many having been destroyed. But I managed to bring copies here with me to Tabarro. I felt that the insights that they held would be very useful for somewhere situated so close to the old site of Kavzar. Oh, and as we're on the subject of books, I first came across the mention of the Doom of Kavzar, the uh, rumoured birthplace of the Ratkin, in uh, my old copy of Archaeologica Maledicta, or uh, a compendium of places wicked and vile in the uh, common parlance, by uh, Gunther Lorbrick. It is a fascinating book, and well worth a peruse. My copy is on the bookshelf over the hearth downstairs if you're interested. Lorbrick's warnings, despite being written over 900 years ago, were all too right about this area being infested by the rat spawn, as we here in the city are all too aware. Let us continue. The skaven that arose out of their fevered nightmare to occupy the ruined temple city of Quetzal were grotesque. Each was covered with red raw buboes, fetid sores, and bloody weeping wounds. However, their pox-ravaged bodies had been toughened by the diseases that they carried within them, and this made them much more resilient and tougher than other members of their species. From their stronghold, Clan Pestilence grew in both power and number as they plundered the arcane secrets of the ruined temples of Quetzal over the coming centuries. Lord Nurglidge sent out his bubonic court of plague lords, priests, pontifexes and festering chanters at the head of large mischiefs of plague monks, rotten rats, suicidal censor bearers, mad rat ogres and other unmentionable rat spawn to scour the jungle for cold-blooded reptilians, creatures to sacrifice in the name of the Great Horned Rat. The Skaven of Clan Pestilence then began to lay waste to the land, killing countless lizardmen and reducing the temple cities to rubble. One of the first cities to feel the fetid touch of the Ratmen was Chakwa. In the beginning, the coming of the Skaven was heralded by the arrival of a virulent pestilence. The Slan Mage Priests of Chakwa immediately recognized the signs and the prophecy of Sotek was brought out to be scrutinized and studied. This took a number of months. In the meantime, a large swathe of the skink population grew sick and died. Even more disastrous was that the spawning pools of the city became tainted after the infamous skirmish at the sacred pools of the reflected rain clouds. At the next spawning, it was not hale and healthy young skinks that emerged out of the primordial liquids of Chakwa's spawning pools. No, instead, foul, twisted creatures crawled forth. Thankfully, though, each died within a few hours. Eventually, Chakwa's slang-made priests sent patrols out further and further into the surrounding jungle. South of their temple city, they discovered that the ruins of Quetzal were infested by ratmen that walked on two legs and bore the taint of corruption. However, by this point, 
The Skaven were already firmly established in Lustria. The pox-ridden clan pestilence had gnawed out huge warrens and undertunnels below Quetzal. The skink patrols that had been sent on reconnaissance engaged with their new enemy and returned to the city of Chakwa with Skaven prisoners in tow. The Slan quickly identified the Skaven as being touched by Chaos, their great enemy. But rather than killing them, the Skaven were kept so as to be studied in hopes of finding a cure for the plague that was devastating the Lizardman population of the city. However, unbeknownst to the Slan, the captives did not come unarmed. They bore an even more deadly and virulent version of the disease that was already devastating the skinks. Chakwa was soon consumed by the Ratman's plague, and even the mage priests began to display symptoms of it. They removed themselves from their minions to council in order to consider this turn of events. Even as their bodies were ravaged by the fever and disease, they contemplated the meaning of all that had transpired before the sickly mage priests agreed that the time spoken of in the prophecy was at last at hand. It was at that time that a heavenly portent blazed across the sky, drawing ever closer and closer and brighter and brighter. As the light of this twin-tailed comet grew stronger, the more it resembled the tongue of an enormous serpent. By the time that the comet was clearly visible in the daytime, the mage priests finally succumbed to their maladies and passed from this world. Their temple guard bore their masters into the pyramids and sealed them from within. With the loss of the venerable mage priests of Chakwa, the leadership of the city's survivors fell to the few remaining skink priests. Much as Lord Nurglich had arisen at the time of the Skaven's lowest ebb, so too did a prophet emerge from the ranks of the Lizardmen when all seemed lost. From the priesthood of Chakwa came Tehenuane, a red-crested skink priest possessed of a soul that burned with incandescent fire. It was Tehenuane who recovered the plaques relating to Sotek and bore them at the head of a great column of survivors as they left the golden city of Chakwa to the plagues that had engulfed it. He had but two aims, deliverance and revenge. The numbers of the survivors of Chakwa began to swell as Tehenuane engaged in his crusade. He became the herald of Sotek, the serpent god, who had travelled back on his twin-tailed comet to save the lizardmen from the evils of the rat god. The warriors of the crusading army rampaged through the jungle. A breed of skinks with red crests at the fore, led by Tehenuane himself. The prophecy of Sotek quickly spread, giving hope to the skinks of the surviving cities of Axolotl, Zlanhuapek, Talaxlan, and Itza. The prophecy described Sotek as being an enormous serpent who was able to devour the rat god whole and digest him slowly over a thousand years. However, before Sotek could manifest, he required sacrifice. The blood of the ratman must be spilt and flow. Tehenuin manoeuvred his armies in order to engage the ratman on multiple fronts and force them into the area around the Guacmol crater. Here, the ratman's army was surrounded and, over the course of a number of days, eventually defeated, 
although the butcher's bill was very high indeed. This yielded an untold number of captives, and this was exactly the outcome that Tehenuin had hoped for. The prisoners were led through the jungle to a crumbling ancient altar to a long-forgotten old one. Here, all of the Skaven were sacrificed in a ritual of summoning for the great god Sotek the Deliverer. The ground surrounding the altar became slick with blood in the days-long ceremony, and the waters of the nearby river Amazon also grew red. As the ceremony reached its bloody conclusion, Sotek arose, satisfied with the blood spilt in his honour. His coming brought on an infestation of serpents emerging in the layers of the Skaven. These children of Sotek were completely immune to the plagues of the monks of the clan Pestilence and forced the rats out into the open where the forces of Tehenuin were waiting for them, blades bloody and sharp. The infamous battle of ghosts yet to be, the battle of the Midnight Sun, the battle of the Prophet, and the battle of the Ruby Sanctum, the Skaven suffered defeat after defeat at the hands of the red-crested skinks. But still, the war against the Skaven of Clang Pestilence lasted for well over a thousand years, and the deeds and events that occurred during this time are the stuff of legend. Throughout this period, Tehenuane, the prophet of Sotek and his followers offered up so many Skaven captives that the twin-tailed comet dominated the skies for centuries. Finally, 100 years after the start of the Imperial calendar, the Skaven were left with no other choice but to leave Lustria. The Plague Lords summoned all of their minions to create an impenetrable horde that stretched from one horizon to the other to keep the scions of Sotek from enacting their revenge. Once assembled, the remnants of the clan fled to the ocean, with the skinks and their serpentine allies in hot pursuit. The lizardmen fought them every step of the way, slaughtering untold thousands of them, but it was not enough, and the elite core of the Skaven horde finally reached the rocky shores of the fuming serpent island just off the coast near the city of Axolotl, where they were finally cornered by their pursuers. This was the last chance for the Lizardmen to wipe the corruption that had plagued their land for over 1,500 years away. Sotek himself appeared, accompanied by a legion of slithering snakes, all but destroyed the Skaven. However, the upper echelons of the clan managed to survive using their fetid followers as a bulwark against the wrath of Sotek and escaping on rotten ships back to the Southlands. Sotek dove into the ocean after them and sent his servants to infest the earth below Lustria to keep the Ratmen from returning. And this too is where Sotek now resides, his eyes ever watchful for the rat's spawn. In the aftermath, the High Slan summoned the Great Tehenwin. 
They were reluctant to acknowledge the new god of the skinks, but when he revealed the plaques of Sotek, and in the light of the miraculous victory over the Skaven, the truth of the rise of a new god could not be denied. The High Slan ordered temples to be built to the Serpent's God's honour in every temple city, and combined their powers to communicate the news of the return of Sotek, the Forgotten Old One, to the Slan Mage Priests of the Southlands, as well as a warning that the Rats of Clan Pestilence had returned to their shores. Now, every temple city on both sides of the Great Ocean contains at least one temple pyramid to Sotek. Deep within each is a snake pit in which resides a giant sacred serpent to whom prisoners of war are sacrificed. I believe that this would have been the fate of the three Skaven prisoners that Marco Corumbo offered up. Rapmen are the favoured sacrifices to Sotek. I hope that answers your question, young Steiner. In indeed it does, Master Tavernkeeper. Thank you. Anyway, just a few last words before I hand the reins back to Heinrich. The worship of Sotek soon equaled, and amongst the skinks I would say it eclipsed, that of the Old Ones. Sotek represents the deliverance of the Lizardmen from the creatures that are the result of deviation from the great plan of the Old Ones, and he is invoked without fail whenever the Lizardmen go to war against the servants of Chaos. Ibn Jalaba told me that the skinks of Zlatlan were all very devoted worshippers of Sotek, and the city had a number of temple pyramids to the god. During his time there, he said that there were a number of incursions by the Ratmen eager to corrupt the city, but all were thwarted, and the temples resounded to the screams of the Ratmen as they were sacrificed to the serpents below. As to the other servants of Chaos, they too received an equally grisly fate. In the aftermath of a victory, the temple cities would become a concophony of chanting as sacrificial blade struck stone altar again and again and again, each time slicing through the gizzard of a drugged prisoner. The captive's blood would gush down in torrents over the steps of the pyramid into the snake pits below and then be allowed to mingle with the waters of the great rivers nearby in an eerie homage to the massacres after the victories at Guacmole Crater. Back in Lustria, the city of Quetzal still remains empty. Its golden pyramids and thoroughfares were transformed into a foul warren, strewn with half-gnawed carcasses, rotting litter and diseased filth. It is still shunned by the lizardmen, the taint seemingly beyond redemption. The Skaven tunnels beneath, too, remain intact. However, these tunnels are infested with snakes, the sacred of Sotek, who continue to protect his people against the return of the Skaven. Tis believed, as long as Sotek can remain lurking in the tunnels beneath Lustria, then the Ratsborn cannot return. And so, every effort is made to placate Sotek with his deserved tribute of blood sacrifices, which is exactly why Marco Colombo's offering was so well received. And I think with that, we should get back to the tale of Marco Colombo in Lustria.
Heinrich, if you would be so kind. Yeah, yeah, it will be my pleasure.